The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, January 28th at 6, 7.30 p.m. Excuse me, Eastern Time. And the New York football giants have found their head coach. Got our guy, they tweeted out. Picture of uh, somebody. Brian Dable <laughs> looks like my cousin Jay. But he is their new head coach, the uh, fourth or fifth head coach for the New York Giants in the last two years. Former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. This is the Emergency Podcast. Joining me to break it down, Ryan Wilson. Wilson, what's up, buddy? So since 2015... I'll give you the the start name, Tom Coughlin. How many coaches have there been okay. up to and including Brian Dable? Can you name uh, them? I was about to Google it, but I'm going I'm to stop, put my hands up, and I will name them. Um, so just so we're clear, Tom Coughlin was there. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, subscribe, hit the alert button so you know when we go live and you can hang out. Smash that like button too. Faustino Hernandez, first one in the chat. What's up, buddy? Um, probably no giveaways tonight, but we will have some. We expect a hiring at some point over the weekend. We will have our live recap, of course, on Sunday night after both of the championship games. And then we got six hire, six openings left. Is that right? How is that right? Mm. Six opening left, six openings left, and potentially some big names getting hired, some big chess pieces moving. Uh, you are gonna want to hit the alert button so that way you know when we go live for these breakdowns um this this one we would have gone live sooner but you know it's friday night and the giants had to wait this long as to your question wilson so just so we're clear tom coughlin 2004 to 2015 and then tom coughlin was fired mid-season right i I was gonna say step down he was fired i don't know i guess he left after the year yeah yeah he left after the year he was replaced by ben mcadoo all right are you guessing are you just no i know no i know know this because so coughlin no coughlin was not sorry coughlin was not fired mid-year Coughlin was let go after the season. There was a, a remember there was a kind of a testy press conference between Coughlin and and Coughlin was like basically, yeah, I'm stepping down. <laughs> Grumpy he was, old granddad. He, he, he was being he was being pissy in the press conference. All right, um, you're right. Ben McAdoo followed. He was replaced by Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo took them to the playoffs his first year. The uh, that then they played the uh, the the Packers in the infamous Odell Beckham wide receiver boat game. Where they all photographed Ooh. themselves down in the Caribbean on a boat before the before the was it the division? I guess it was the wild card round. Um, Wait, people was got it, real mad. Was it Florida, or the Caribbean. It was the Florida. Whatever. They're all the wide receivers on a boat. Odell. They weren't in the, Green Bay. Odell's in the the Timberlands, Timberlands. However, you, however you talk about Timbers. it. Um, the the and then uh, McAdoo. The following year, the team collapsed. He benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith. It angered ownership so much that they fired both he and uh, the GM. Jerry Reese, I believe. Jerry Reese, that's correct. Two times. Way, Eli, Eli Manning was, um, had a consecutive game streak going as well because he started in 2004 midway through the season, um, replacing Kurt Warner, little, little known fact I'm talking that's much right, about. In 2004. 
So Geno Smith uh, interrupted <laughs> interrupted that streak. All right, it made ownership so mad that they fired both Ben McAdoo and uh, and Jerry Reese midseason. Yep. Then they replaced Jerry Reese with Dave Gettleman. Your guy. Dave Gettleman hired Pat Shermer. So just to be clear, McAdoo with Joe Judge. That's right. One little asterisk. You're right. That that's correct. The order. I, I don't correct. know who the I can't remember who the interim was. Was it Pat Shermer? No. Yeah. No, no. Oh. Sorry. Uh, Spags. Oh, Spags. That's right. Steve yeah. Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator for the Chiefs now, longtime Giants defensive four, coordinator. Four games. And uh, so McAdoo, Spags obviously was the interim. Shermer and Joe Judge all had uh, one fewer than 500, uh, 50% of their games. No surprise there. Tom Coughlin, uh, 531 winning percentage. So they have gone seven, eight seasons now without um, having a consistent winner. Now Brent, Brian Dables will guy. And I mean, on the scale of one to 10 of, oh my God, I'm surprised that Joe Shane coming over from Buffalo hired Is it Shane Bills, or showing? Shane. Okay. Hired the Bills offensive coordinator. I think it's a one, right? In terms of the, the shock value. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's a, all right. First of all, there's a lot of optimism in the chat right now because of, uh, we have optimistic Giants fans. So we're not Good. doing this hire. The, the previous hire is very bad. This hire does feel optimistic for the very reason that Wilson is pointing out. When Joe Shane was hired by the, he, you know, he was the, I believe, assistant GM under Brandon Bean, hired by the Giants. He walked down the hallway and interviewed Brian Dable, the offense, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. This is, in theory, very similar to how the Buffalo Bills created their setup. Sean McDermott was hired from Carolina as the defensive coordinator to come to Buffalo and be the head coach. He then brought Brandon Bean after a draft, I believe, with Doug Whaley, brought Brandon Bean into the fold, and they have worked in concert together as two guys who, and I think this is really important, two guys who have worked together previously, who have a rapport, who know yeah. how to know how to operate in in the in navigate the power struggle, the the Game of Thrones like world of a football front office in a coach in a coaching situation. See the Jacksonville Jaguars currently. Correct. So, like the Bills, the Bills are in a good spot because, and, and this is this this is very true of the Seahawks, and it's mostly true of the Chiefs. Although Andy Reid eventually got rid of John Dorsey, when you have the GM and the head coach who know each other, who can work together, who can operate on the same page, who can set the same goals, who have the same uh, motives throughout the course of the season and the off season, it makes things work a lot better. Now, I'm not saying that means it's definitely going to work because you have to get the right guys. But I like the fact that the Giants went out and hired this well-thought-of GM who has been you know right-hand man for Brandon Bean, who is a very good GM. And then they hired Brian Dable, who is an offensive mind, has done very good things with Josh Allen. And they've said in concert together, we are going to make this work with John Daniel Jones, even if yeah, maybe it eventually doesn't pan out that way. Yeah, that's right. And I was reading the newsletter from uh, Inside the League. It's by former scouts, and they were talking. They were, they were John Breach's newsletter. I was like, I don't know who. I, I can't remember the guy who who? who puts it out. But um, I follow him on Twitter, and he's a good follow. If I wasn't four hundred years old, I could tell you it was. But anyway, I get the newsletter too. I get very few newsletters. I do not get to pick six newsletters from Breach as case you're I know, right? He's not here. I can say that. But anyway, the point is that they um, asked some. Some former employees and, and co-workers of Joe Shane, 
sort of how to describe him in a few words. And it was, uh, works well with others. Great dude. Like he has an understanding uh, of what it takes, uh, to, to reach compromise and get things done. He's a family man. If that's, if that's your thing. Um, and, and I think the most important thing is, is works well with others because as you just sort of laid out, you don't want a situation where the head coach and the, and the GM aren't talking to each other because they hate each other so much. So that this is a great starting point. I think it's also noteworthy that in the chat, a lot of Giants fans are extremely happy by the move where when we did the the Bears head coaching situation with uh, Matt Eberfluss, Bears fans were like, well, let's just see who hires as the OC. Giants have their OC, and we know the success he's had with, with Josh Allen, and that's huge. Um. Danny Dimes is not Josh Allen, but he's more athletic than we give him credit for. And I don't think he's as terrible as he's looked. And I think a lot of that, look, man, Jason Garrett was his office coordinator. Freddie Kitchens called plays for one game this season. Who was the OC last year? Probably 20, 2020. Um, it was Jason. It was Jason? Yeah. It was? Okay. And it was Shermer before that. Shermer. Okay. So, yeah, let's get some I, mean, of is, I mean, if you're on the, he has not gotten a fair shake of things. There's no way you can justifiably say we know who Daniel Jones is based on what we've seen from him with the Giants because he's had uh, three or four offensive coordinators, a pretty much a terrible offensive line for the for the most part throughout the t- course of his tenure, uh, a, a lack of weapons, and he's gotten banged up a bunch. It's it's impossible. I mean, Freddie Outhouse. And by the Freddie way, Outhouse di- was the replacement for Jason Garrett. That division ain't exactly setting the world on fire. No offense, Debo. Offense taken. I don't know what that has to do with that. It's a quick turnaround. If you can get Danny. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks like the Cowboys are going to get their coaches back. We'll see how that all plays out. Dan Quinn is coming back for, for Dallas. Uh, Kellen Moore. He's TV. coming back for Mike McCarthy. That's right. Job for his job. But yeah, I mean, I think look, the giants job has long been considered a very good job in the pantheon of NFL head coaching positions. However, after Wellington Mara died, and John Mara took over, John Mara, however you pronounce it. The, you know, the, the Giants have not done a good job of identifying head coaching candidates or identifying who might, you know, ever since. And, and like, I think you could, I know that, um, I know that uh, Jerry Reese won Super Bowls, but a lot of people would say that, you know, he was aided by the system that Ernie, of course, he had put in place and that he followed him and then he spent all that money in free agency. And anyway, they have relied on internal sort of like an internal pathway too often, I think. And now going outside of the building, like the idea that bringing back Dave Gettleman just because he was a pro personnel guy while you won Super Bowls is crazy. He mm-hmm. set him back several years and now they're going outside the building hilariously they had to go to Buffalo to find guys from a successful organization who could step in and, and, and make things work. But I, I do think that this is the process here is good. Whether the results work out or not, you know, TBD early um, on in this hiring process, not just for the giants, but for the teams that have, have made moves so far for the most part, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Texans could be, exceptions but it feels like there's been a more thoughtful approach by the teams in order to find the guys that work maybe it's sure more has. they've been taking their sweet time wilson <laughs> taking their sweet ass time but God. in terms of not just hiring retreads the guys that haven't done it before guys that are getting chances that perhaps maybe they deserve younger guys and i don't think you have to be 55 years old uh to quote unquote earn it if you're like mike mcdonald the the oc for the 49ers 
he might be 40, but he looks like he's 28. Yeah. Um, like that guy. I mean, he, you know, he's been impressive. Kyle Shanahan clearly trusts him a lot. Same with Brian Dable. In, um, Are you in aware of Brian Dable's first coaching job? Uh, like in the NFL or like a high school coach or something? First ever coaching job. He was, was a, uh, he was was he a, a professional hip hop dancer. No, no, no. He was a restricted <laughs> earnings coach. I don't even know what that means. I think, I assume it means his earnings were restricted in 1997 as a 22-year-old in college. Where, what college? Alabama? Nope. I'll give you two more guesses. NC State? Nope. It wasn't William Mary. I don't think he's William Mary. Yet. It was William Mary! Oh, he was there for, I don't know why I'm dunking there. He was there for one year. Oh. Uh, moved to Michigan State as a grad assistant, I believe, in 98-99. He was with Nick Saban. At Michigan State, where did he go to college? Because he was just he was just out of college when he was away. Rochester. Oh, interesting. He's actually a Canadian. I didn't realize that. Um, they're taking over the Canadians. They really are. Uh, then, after being two years at Michigan State, he actually became a defensive assistant with the Patriots at the age of twenty-five. You know, mm. Belichick's early in two thousand when Bel- he he joined Belichick there. I, I'm ninety. I'm pretty sure Saban was at um, Michigan State in those late nineties because that that was the yeah. connection. Saban was with Belichick. I'm assuming he recommended Dable for him. Um, he became the wide receivers coach for the Pats. I think in 2007, so he left the Patriots in 2000, after 2006. And I, I think, I could be wrong with this, but I, I thought that he wanted to try to move up and become a quarterback's coach or something like that. And he wasn't able to get there with the Pats. So he sort of there's I told a story the other day about he stormed out of the a meeting. What? Like put his feet up on the desk in a um am I crazy about this? I swear I heard this. Yeah, just maligning the guy just got a job. You don't even know the facts. I don't know. Is that true? No, I'm not maligning. I'm saying that he he like put his feet on the desk. He was like he was pissed that he couldn't get it promoted with the Pats. Went to the Jets with Mangini during the the Spygate era. Would then after two years, would then go to the Browns and be their offensive coordinator for two years. Moved to Miami in 2011 to be the offensive coordinator. I believe it was Brady Quinn's offensive coordinator in 2012 with the Chiefs. And then came back to the Pats in 2013 as an assistant coach. Three years as the tight ends coach there. Was hired by Nick Saban again. So hired by Nick Saban twice and Bill Belichick twice uh, to be the offensive coordinator. And then four years. And then after Alabama was hired by the Bills, has been in Buffalo for four years as the OC. A pretty... All right. Wild. I mean, like two stints with Saban and Belichick. Yeah, I think he's pretty well respected. Probably why Giants fans are happy. All right. So who's been hired so far? Matt, Matt Eberflus has been hired. Who else has been hired? Um, Nathaniel Hackett. Thank Nathaniel you. Hackett. Thank you. <laughs> in Denver. So those are the three hires. Rank the hires as you as you see them as we sit here. Uh, it probably all depends on whether or not ha- the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers because well, if- clearly, but you have to go on what you know right now. What we know right now. Just in terms of helping the, the most improving their teams. And who's the other one that we, oh, uh, Eberflus. Yep. Hackett. And I think they're all like B pluses. I think, I think all good hires. I like all three coaches. Have like, let me put it to you this way Eberflus is the only uh, defensive side of the ball guy. Is he going to be more or less successful than Brandon Staley was in year one? He was a defensive guy. I would say less, but I think so. And they sort of fizzled down the stretch. Well, I saw where, it was like Mike Florio of PFT. I tweeted this morning on Friday morning. Florio tweeted out. He's like, the, you know, the bears 
sure, they you know, they hired a defensive coordinator, but now they have to hire an OC. And if what if he what if he comes in and he gets hired by somebody else and has to move on? It's like if the Bears' offense is so good that someone else is hiring their offensive coordinator to be a head coach, and Justin Fields is playing that well, Bears fans will cut their like like give you pints of blood to sign in right now. Yeah, it's just like the Brandon Staley thing. They're Justin Herbert's fine. Yeah, just got to hire well, the right guy. I mean, and by the way. I would imagine if, if worse comes to worse, Brandon Staley could call plays offensively. He seems like a pretty sharp guy. Same with Eberflus, I would imagine. So uh, Mike Tomlin was a wide receiver in college. He's a defensive coordinator now. I mean, at least he calls the defensive plays as a DC. So I think it's okay to sort of blur the lines. It's not like everyone's in a box. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily – I would say that all three are probably – They're all good hires, I think we agree. I, I, I like all three coaches. I like all three hires. The question is, you know, which situation is the best? Maybe you have a quarter. I like this giant situation for Dable in the sense that. I don't hate it. You come in and you say, all right, we got some pieces on offense. I'm not going to be Jason Garrett or Freddie Kitchens. If we make it work with Daniel Jones, I am a made man in this organization. And. The concern yeah. is if he makes it work in year one, they give him a huge deal and then he tanks. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. But, but no, that's right. I mean, and, and if it doesn't work, you're like, look, you know, we, we tried to make it work, guys. With your with your quarterback, the, you know, the, the the last guy drafted, unfortunately, you know, we're gonna we need we need to try and find somebody else, a la the way the Jets did. Not that that's worked out, but um yeah, I would say uh yeah, I would say that all three hires are pretty, pretty like B plus. I like them all. A lot going to depend on you know the coordinators and and then you know obviously if Hackett is able to you know if Hackett ended up bringing Rodgers to Denver, that's an A plus 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 game changer. I think right now Eberflus has the best quarterback. I think right now Brian Dable has the best chance to turn things around the quickest. Just think- to uh, to Ryan's point about teams being a lot more intentional with their hiring and, and kind of drawing out the process. Last year, our last hire, and I understand that this year the season got pushed back a week. Last year, our last hire and our last C podcast was David Cully, January 28th, two years ago. And again, season got pushed back a week this year. The last hire made was January 12th when the Browns hired Kevin Stefanski. And then we were... We were clear of those emergency pods in January. We're going we're gonna to go into February for sure. Hopefully, yeah. um, no, hopefully they all get hired next week when I'm in Alabama. <laughs> uh, a lot of, a lot of chat in the, uh, or a lot of, a lot of chatter in the chat about what John Breach is doing on this, uh, on this Friday yep. evening. Leave, you your, uh, leave your best guess for what Breach is doing in the chat. Maybe anything that's not. Do we want to uh, give out his cell number and have these folks just text him straight up directly? Amazing. All of a sudden his phone just starts blowing up. <laughs> God, that'd be kind of fun. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, a little more Giants talk, Brian Dable talk. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, just looking around, one thing I thought that was interesting is, you know, uh, I was talking with some people earlier about the NFC South. And Jason Lockenfora has a report out there that Tom Brady is planning on Peacing out. If Tom Brady leaves, if Sean Payton leaves, there's a very good chance that Sam Darnold and Matt and Matt Ryan are gone after next year. Not that Sam Darnold. I'm just saying there's a Drew Brees just retired. Like the NFC South is a total overhaul over the next two to three years. There's just no telling who's going to be good or bad coming out of the NFC South in the next two or three years. Looking at the NFC East in that same sort of vein. I mean, the Cowboys feel pretty stable, right? No. Mike McCarthy's their coach. Jerry Jones is an, an impulsive and impetuous. Relative to Jerry Jones' things, they feel fairly stable. I was going to ask. Okay, let's do it this way. So let's let's rank the quarterbacks. Dak, Jalen. Um, there's Danny, Dak and a huge gap, to be clear. Well, Danny Dimes and then, I guess, Taylor Heineke for now. So who's number two is the question I'm getting at. I'm taking Jalen, I think. By... I would probably take Daniel Jones on the Eagles. Or, I mean, we'll look at it this way. Brian Dable plus Daniel Jones or Nick Sirianni plus Jalen Hurts. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, if the Giants have correctly identified the the candidate who is best suited to improve this team, then I would probably take Daniel Jones over Jalen Hurts. But Right. We don't know. I mean, Daniel Jones is a better passer. Jalen Hurts... Uh, obviously a better runner, but Daniel Jones is a pretty good runner. Daniel He's Jones' turnovers are a huge problem. Huge. But I don't know that you can trust Jalen Hurts in in like must-pass situations, like trying or, to come back against the Buccaneers in a playoff game. Or you really can't trust Daniel Jones. My point is that if Brian Dayball, as you alluded to, is the right guy, and that's what we don't know. I mean, he says all the right things, and his track record is great, but everyone who gets hired as a head coach has a great track record, record for the most part. So we'll see how that translates. I would imagine he is going to call plays. I have no idea. I don't know if he's talked about that yet or not. Uh, I'm sort of against it as a first-year coach and just until you sort of figure things out. Ken Dorsey, um, according to an ESPN story, says, let's see, Pinch Pitcher, the, the Bills passing game coordinator and quarterback coach Ken Dorsey is likely to become the OC with either the Bills or the Giants, a source told Adam Schefter. So he could come in as the OC, and if he's the play caller, maybe that takes a little bit off Dable's plate, and I'm sure they'll work close together, but just in terms of the in-game management stuff. Um, but the Bills are, I mean, the, the Giants are in a much better situation now than, than they have been, it feels like, in four or five years. Yeah, again, you know, the, the Giants fired Tom Coughlin because they – I mean, honestly, Tom Coughlin wasn't ready to go, and he'd won two Super Bowls with the Giants. I'm sort of the opinion if someone's won two Super Bowls for your franchise, even if they were sort of luck box situations, and you have an older quarterback, that you let him ride it out. Um, I don't know if they were luck. I mean, Coughlin's been – is he in the Hall of Fame? He's he's been a good coach for 40 years. Yeah, he might get in with two Super Bowls. I mean, Mike Shanahan's not I mean, he, he came to Jacksonville when that organization started, and they went to the playoffs pretty quickly. Yeah. And they were competitive for most of it. 
Uh, somebody in the chat said it sounds like Ken Dorsey is coming with Dable. Now that's interesting because I just I literally just read the quote when you weren't paying attention. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was reading something else. Sorry. <laughs> oh I thought he was just trolling you there, Wilson. Uh, no, he wasn't out on something. He wasn't was, paying attention. I was trying to find some stats on something, and then I said, "Sorry." Um, but uh, Jonathan Myers says in the chat that Dable will be calling plays, and and Dorsey, who is the passing game coordinator in Buffalo, as I just said, will either be the Bills OC or the Giants OC, and perhaps OC in quotation marks if Dable's calling the play sort of the you know Andy Reid Eric Bieniemy or okay I guess I guess uh and again my bad not that you're surprised that I did it but mm-hmm. um I guess I'm wondering why if you're Ken Dorsey which also it's crazy that Ken Dorsey we're getting old Ken Dorsey like, he was just with the Hurricanes when I was you know it's been a while it's been yeah, a minute it's been a while I, if I'm Ken Dorsey and I think I mean why would you go to New York to, call, to be the OC versus being the OC in Buffalo. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't get that move unless it's just pure loyalty to Brian Dable. Cause yeah, but I, I would imagine it's a collaboration in terms of the game planning. It's not but, just, but I mean, the enemy just isn't standing on the sidelines playing Sudoku or Wordle now, as it were. Actually, uh, Andy Reid came out on Friday and said, listen, the enemy calls the plays. He calls yeah. all the plays. And of course, it's always a collaboration with these guys. It's a, or maybe you prefer a coordination. Um, but I, I'm saying if you're if you're Dorsey, you can either call plays with Josh Allen, that Bills offensive line, and those weapons, or call plays with Danny Dimes. I don't know, just a little surprise. I think what I'm reading into this is that he thinks Danny Dimes is better than Josh Allen. So that's what I'm going with. That's a bold. I've seen Dorsey's name on a lot of these like way too early 2023 head coaching candidate lists, and I feel like you're in a better spot. Like you said, Brinson and, and Buffalo, if, if you want to make yourself more appealing as a head coach, your resume is going to look better next yeah. year in Buffalo. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Giants are currently minus almost minus six million uh, in the red in terms of the salary cap. That's not good. Just I was going to ask real quick on the coordinators. I think people are curious. Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator. A lot of people think highly of him. Do you think Dable would consider keeping him around? He just got an interview for the Vikings head coach position, actually, but do you think they'd consider keeping Graham around? I'm yeah. laughing because he also got an interview for the Steelers defensive coordinator job, um, which basically is the guy just holding the clipboard because Tomlin does call those plays, as Keith Butler worth Worth noting, Patrick Graham was uh, spent multiple years in New England with Brian Dable. So, yes, yeah. I do believe that they would uh, he would consider keeping him uh, if and he did if a good job. To stick around, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, he's he's very. I think if you got Ken Dorsey to come as OC, Cap Patrick Graham as DC, and then you have this Dable uh, Shone stuff. Is it Shane? What is it? Shane. How's it not Shane? Shown? Like Shane Bacon, just Shane. It makes no sense. Spell it Shane then. To if be you fair, you that. can't pronounce any proper proper noun. If all that happens, Giants fans would be doing cartwheels. Because they would be feeling very good about where their franchise stands. Vincent, what's the capital of South Korea? I was just thinking that, Devo. How dare you, Seoul. I was just thinking, how, how, how can someone mispronounce that word? <laughs> it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's, it's not fanatic. There's a path. Um. By the well, way, Victor yeah. asked. Oh, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, Victor asked uh, earlier on in, in the chat about the, what this means for the Giants' first-round picks. They have the fifth pick and the seventh pick. And in my last mock draft, I had him taking Cal Hamilton, the safety, 
early on, only because a couple of the tackles were already off the board. Then I had him taking a center, Tyler Linderbaum, at seven. I, I am not averse to them taking an offensive tackle at five and, and a center at seven. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, if you're <laughs> – this is going to be an offensive-driven situation with the head coaching hire and, and the new OC and all that, and you're all in on Danny Dimes, then please, for the love of all is holy, protect well, that poor man. Andrew Thomas has been good. He's gotten a lot better, for sure. Yeah. He's not the problem. <laughs> By the way, uh, Blake, you cut, I mean, I, know, I think Giants fans like Blake Martinez. He was fine. He's been pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, and James Bradbury's been very good. But you could get, you would be, if you cut for any reason, James Bradbury and Blake Martinez, and I realize that that's not an ideal situation, but you would be $9 million over the cap. Oh, my gosh. Brent's sneezing. Excuse me. Quiet. Bless you. Did you hear me trying to rush it out with the sneeze cream? No, I, I was looking down and the thing was silent. I thought maybe you had a heart attack, so I was happy to see you only sneezed. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were happy that I had a heart attack. Um, mm. Kyle Rudolph probably uh, – Kyle Rudolph frees up $5 million in cap space. Yeah, he's Evan Ingram is a free agent, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just looking at – I'm doing the – on SpotTracks.com, doing the thing where you can manage the roster and just you know start slicing and dicing. Hey, Giants can get cap compliant. For I know you could do that, manage the roster. Yeah, it's, there's a big manage the roster thing right up top. All right, I'm going to um, Yeah, they can get cap, cap compliant very quickly and be free up tons of salary cap. Now, I mean, again, like James Bradbury is a good player. You don't want to lose James Bradbury. But, um, you know, if, if you have to cut him, yeah, so be it. Yeah, there's a ton. Wow, this – Roster is really top heavy. Yeah. Leonard Williams. Man, he's taking up some space. Oh, yeah. my God. They made they franchise and then had to pay him. Yeah. So his cap figure is like $27.3 million next year. I mean, if you if you needed to for any reason, you could restructure him and it frees up like nine million dollars in cap space. I mean, they got they got same with Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah, they got tons of options. This is a pretty all things considered. Oh, this manager's the roster thing is amazing. Have you, how have you never done this? I use spot track just to see whose contracts are expiring over the next two and three years. I never knew they had this feature. It's good at the end of the year. And if anybody's ever used it and you want to know like what you, what moves you can make for your team, uh, when you go to spottrack.com and then you either click manage the roster and you can restructure. And when you restructure, oh, yeah, you know, scroll down a little bit and you can see it. There you go, manage your roster. Um, and so when you, it's not that hard to, Talk about professional football. So, like for instance, Leonard Williams, right there, right. So you're eleven, negative uh, twelve million dollars, you know, roughly. Leonard Williams hit the base salary restructure. There, the thing in the middle it looks like a recycling thing. Bang, down to three million dollars because what it does is it takes uh, his number, it pushes the, it, 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 it turns, it, it turns, it basically redistributes your your bonus money, your signing bonus money. You get ca- the player gets cash, and all players will do this restructuring because they get cash in their pocket right away. Returns guaranteed anyway. Um, so you could restructure a couple of deals if you needed to. You can cut a couple of players, uh, like cut. In fact, um, I cut Kenny Dolly and Saquon Barkley. I'm good now. There you go. I'm kidding. Actually, they won't cut James Bradbury then. I mean, he's a, I guess they could, but no need to. If you just restructure, yeah, yeah, just restructure Leonard Williams and restructure. They could cut Kenny Galladay. Did that bump it up? No, it's actually Kenny Galladay actually brings makes it, it worse. Yeah, yeah. But you can restructure and free up eight million dollars and just say we're going to have to deal with Kenny Galladay. He's a good player. Let's see if a new staff will get him going. Um, at any rate, uh, yeah, the Giants are not a 
<laughs> Andy Larson in the chat. I've wasted half my life using manage the roster feature on spot track. Yeah. Clearly you're a, a giants fan. Um, it's not hard for the giants to get cap compliant, to get room for free agency. I would guess though, that when you start to think about how the giants will operate, think about it like how the bills operated. Cause both guys are coming from Buffalo. You know, that was a team that built in the trenches early, not big splashy signings. And then kept trying to hit on draft picks, acquire talent on the defensive side of the ball, and set up a ecosystem for dropping a quarterback in. And this is where it's perfect to have Daniel Jones as almost cover for you because you can build this ecosystem as Daniel Jones is, as you're trying to make Daniel Jones look good. And if it works out for Daniel Jones, great. If not, you can draft another quarterback and let Daniel Jones walk. You have the franchise tag available. Uh, this is. Daniel Jones, third year or fourth year? 18, 19, 20, 21, fourth year. So this is fifth year option. Oh, they've already got, they already picked up his fifth year option, right? Which, I don't know. Well, I don't know when that contract. And yes. Yeah, they must have. That's right. They did. Cause that's, that happened Otherwise, last free agent. You have to. Right. Yep. <clears throat> exactly. Laughably talk about giving him the franchise tag. Um, yeah, he has a, wait, no, no, no. This was his third year. 1920-21. Oh, I thought he was 18. No, he was 19. Because okay, remember, Darnold and um, because they drafted Barkley in 18. Yeah. So this is his, this is his, they have to decide on his fifth year option this offseason. Now that's kind of interesting. Well, that that's okay. That's what I was getting at with the uh, a good year this year with Brian Dable, gets the most out of them. They have to resign him to a huge deal and then whatever they have to decide this offseason by like May. Well, did he get his fifth? They're gonna get his fifth year option. I think they'll pick it up. Yeah, I mean, like, if he has a good year, then they have to pay him. No, 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 no. They have to. No, like, they have to decide in the next five months or three. Months. I understand that, but then next season they will have to decide whether they're going to pay him a, a give him a five year, thirty five million dollar year deal, right? Uh, not really. So why not? He's going to be a free agent. If right, they pick- I, I think that the Giants, based on the things that have been said by the GM and by ownership, are going to pick up his fifth year option pretty easily. I, I we are in agreement on that. Okay. What happens a year from now? If he plays great, then you try to sign him. And if he's willing to take, I mean, he's not going to give him $40 million. Well, that's the, okay. So li- listen up here. I agree with you. But a year from now, if he balls out because of Brian Dayball and you sign him to a $35 million a year deal and then he craps his pants. Well, then and, you're screwed. I mean, yeah. Right. That's what I'm trying to convey to you. You're winced out in the wilderness. Oh, boy. You had to do that. Yeah. It's like Munson. Munson out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, no, I mean, I th- yeah, I, I think they pick up his fifth year option. So you, you know, you have two years of Daniel Jones working with this new coaching staff. If right. it, if it works out, you still have the franchise tag available to you to, after two more seasons. If it doesn't work out, you have the ability to say, all right, Daniel, we'll give you this like podunk contract or oh, he's not doing that. Or you draft somebody else. In the, I'm saying if he just stinks. You can you can go on and draft somebody else in the draft. It's it's a, it's a if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, this is a good setup in terms of uh, assuming that you have been given the actual control over the roster that we would expect any GM or coach to have. Good Lord, ownership will, ownership won't meddle, and you aren't. There's not going to be a if Daniel Jones isn't good, you're all fired situation. Right, and I do think they'll be patient because. The Giants have have talked at length at how embarrassed they are, <laughs> and constantly fire and hire new people. 
I will say this though. I was thinking about this. Like, do you think that Joe Judge actually had a good interview? I think he did. I think a lot of these guys are great interviewers and they're terrible coaches. Like, I don't know what the disconnect is, not just between the Giants, but between teams that hire these guys and then who are clearly unqualified to be head coaches. I think Joe Judge could end up being an okay head coach somewhere. The what, gives you that, is, what gives you that sense? The, the problem is these guys can't come in and try to be Belichick. You didn't even ask the question. You just kept going. <laughs> well, I just I don't think that the Giants' job when he took it the way that he took it and how he thought he was going to flip it around was viable. Oh, I agree with that. He he took he took the Giants' job knowing that Dave Gettleman was already on the hot seat. And so, I mean, anytime you I don't understand why. So I, I know there's only 32 of them, but you take a job when there's a GM who's clearly like in in, in trouble. Hats off to Byron Leftwich. Right. You are, you're putting yourself, you're putting your job at risk if you take that job. Now, again, you get to be a head, NFL head coach, but most of the time it only happens twice. Would you rather be Byron Leftwich and take the Jacksonville jo- job with Trevor Lawrence and, and Trent Balky or Byron Leftwich staying in Tampa Bay knowing that Tom Brady's going to retire? Mm. Uh, I don't want anything to do with Trent Balky. I've seen I'm with you. I, I, I will coach up Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask. Um, Jeff Garcia, whoever ends up being the quarterback. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but I do not want that Jacksonville job. Yeah, I, I don't. If Trent Balky's there, I don't want anything to do with Jacksonville. And by all accounts, there have been multiple people who have said, no, thank you uh, to Jacksonville because of the Trent Balky situation. All right, smash that like button. We're not giving away a $100 Paramount Plus gift card, of course. If you haven't hit it, though, uh, we did give away a bunch of $100 gift cards last week. At least three. At least three. We've got a... Some may say six. What? We have a six? We have a $600? Some may say six. Maybe Breach is watching Paramount Plus right now. Maybe that's what he's doing. Breach is doing something. Hit the like button if you haven't hit it already. Uh, we were, we're probably going to bounce here in a second. We'll be back, of course, Sunday night. Make sure and hit the next to subscribe. There is a uh, bell button. and You'll get alerts when we go live. When we go live... We give away gift cards. We recap playoff games. We'll be back after, the, of course, the Super Bowl. Still Hunger. a couple uh, Brinson Sox hats remaining. Oh, yeah. Just that's a right. couple, huh? We're whittling down. I think we're at like five or six left, though. Wow. We're going to start seeing those things in the wild. I can't wait. Ta-da. Um, and, uh, and, of course, we have six head coaching hires to be made. So we'll be probably on this channel a lot next week. Please let them happen next week. Oh, that's right. You'll be in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Oh, man. You know, we, we get a lot of, might get a lot of Sully, Devo. Or maybe just you and me, Devo. Yeah. The people pine for the Debo Brinson pods. Yeah, you can't trust Breach. You don't know where he is. God almighty. He's rogue. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This is the Brian Dable Emergency Podcast. For Wilson, our Brinson, and for Devo, of course. We'll see you guys later. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.